Hello, welcome to another episode of the Create Magic Podcast. This is a Creative Weirdos episode where I talk to new and old friends about creative and weird stuff. And today I had the pleasure of talking with Moth Boy Matt. Matt is a wonderfully kind person who runs the Moth Boys podcast with his brother Mike and his friend Jake. We had Mike on a couple weeks ago, another just uh, genuinely great person. And I'm so excited I got to make a little book with them or help in a very small way. They wrote it, Jonathan Dodd illustrated it, and I got to kind of piece it together and help with the formatting, but it's a beautiful little creation that y'all should check out. It's linked below, and we talk a little bit about that uh, probably like an hour in because me and Matt talk about all kinds of stuff from death to the punk scene to growing up in small town western New York and everything in between. Eventually we get to the book and a bunch of other stuff around that, but this is a really fun uh, wandering conversation that I think y'all are going to really dig, so go check out all the links and support Matt and I will be talking to y'all tomorrow. Thanks again for all the support and checking this out. Enjoy the day. Bye. projects and I do I order all the parts create POs and work with vendors why so I know beer brewing I hear they're just like glorified janitors like you know 90% of brewing beers it comes down to how clean your shit is is, is right. wine the same way <laughs> yeah wine's the same way uh the the maintenance guys there's always things uh now our machinery is a, is a little bit old but those guys keep it running um there wouldn't be there wouldn't be uh mogan david we do like um mad dog 2020 and franzia and cupcake uh wow. so we do we, we do we do a bunch of that stuff but i uh I, I love my job there uh i love what i do um when people when i tell people like yeah i work at a yeah, I work at a at a winery. I, I work with a wine company, and they're like, "Wow, how exotic! How exotic <laughs> that is!" And I was like, "No, no, 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 sorry, I didn't mean of the to. fortified nature." <laughs> um, I'm uh, I sit at a desk um, all day and just order parts and uh, figure out budgeting for capex projects. The, the opposite of exotic. It's the opposite of exotic. So yes, that's still plenty exotic to me. That sounds <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very foreign as far as mm -hmm. I'm concerned, but very important, I'd imagine. Logistics mm -hmm. stuff is like so. I it before I went like full time freelance and doing the art stuff all the way. I worked for. I was doing design and was a uh i guess they called me an art director for a janitorial cool. redistributing company so we sold toilet paper cleaning supplies Word. trash bags so i would design just like giant catalogs of like here's the 30 million different trash bags and the different trash cans they fit and the different colors you can get them in and such so yeah it was it, i talked to a lot of people that probably had your job at some point <laughs> yeah and it, it it's fascinating how like those little things just get like they're so important and get completely overlooked in every every uh, arena. Right, and 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 the thing is, is I took this job because um, 
I always wanted a reason to come back to the county that I lived in because I have an affinity for Chautauqua County. I have a very strong connection and a love with home. But okay. um, I moved around quite a bit. I've lived in Alaska, Pittsburgh, Miami, um, a bunch of places, and nothing has ever felt like home. And uh, um, so I got an email from this company who found my resume from a while ago. I applied and uh, asked if I wanted uh, an interview. And and uh, I think that was just like the universe just being like, hey, you want to move home? Like, there you go, dude. Like, this is it. Get your gig, get a place. And, you know, this is it. So it just kind of it's it's. Uh, I don't know. It was the best move I could have ever made because I, I love there. It's such a gem around here. It's so cool. And this is, so what, what made this home for you? Cause this isn't where you grew up, right? Is this, this, it is where I grew you, up. Well, it Chicago, is where you grew up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So please no, g- give me the backstory here. Yeah. Cause I get confused with the timeline. I know you lived in New York for a while growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, okay. So how, I, I spent, I, yeah. yeah. I spent most of my, most of my, uh, um, yeah, I grew up in Western New York in a small town called Asheville. It's about 1200 people. And, um, and then, uh, you know, Chautauqua County, that's where that's, that's the County that, uh, Asheville was in is so beautiful. Um, yeah. And I moved away shortly after I graduated, maybe a couple of years, um, went from this small town to Miami. That was bonkers. That was straight <laughs> up bonk. Like a small town kid and all of a sudden everything is just like fast and like wild. Now, you know, I, I'm sure there's lovely people in Miami. It's just not, it's just a place that's not for me. It's too, I, no, it, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's definitely for uh, a certain type of person. And I would say, you know, if there's someone who's very social and likes to uh, go out and club and stuff like that, perfect place for you. I did like the, the, I did like the beach and I moved down there because Mike was there, actually, my older brother, oh, and the, the co-host to the to the podcast. He he lived down there, and I think it was just like, you know, I knew he missed everyone, and so I was like, you know, I, I'm not doing really anything. I'm like working this really cruddy job at a gas station, and so I was like, all right, I'm gonna move down to Florida and hang out with Mike, and we did hang <laughs> out. But uh, yeah, I was down there for a couple of years. That's awesome. And then, so how many more stops until you're back to where you are now? You listed a bunch of places you went. <laughs> yes. So from from there, I went to Erie, Pennsylvania. And then from Erie, Pennsylvania, I went to um, Fort Collins, Colorado, and then from Fort Collins, Colorado, I went to um, 
Pittsburgh, and then from Pittsburgh, I went to Alaska, and then <laughs> from Alaska, I went back to Pittsburgh, and then from Pittsburgh, I went to Erie, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and then from Erie, Pennsylvania, I went uh, here, home. Back here. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a long list, and I want to ask you about a bunch of different ones of those, but when you made it back home, finally, it felt right. Like You, you got oh, there, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm never... I'm, I, I don't... It, it's... It's funny because you you search all this time just for like a home and it ended up being the place that when you were young, you were desperately trying to get out of. Um, yeah. Because when you when you grow up in a really small town and, you know, you're a, a weirdo um, like me, it, it, it was just like, I you know, there needs to be bigger things. And so you're always searching for like, and and it was it was fun doing that and it exposed me to a lot a lot of different um cultures and styles of life and people which i think is yeah. really you know just getting exposed to different people is is really important to kind of understand humanity as a whole um it's very true and uh and then yeah and so after that, I was just like, it's just a quiet life out here. Um, yeah. My partner and I live on an old farm and got chickens and, <laughs> and nine acres where we just kind of walk around the woods and it, it's, it's nice. Hell yeah. That sounds beautiful. I, uh, I get asked a lot why I stayed in Delaware. I used to travel in a band a lot and people be like, why do you just live in Delaware? Why? Because mm -hmm. most people usually just move to Philly, which is a half hour up the highway or some, somewhere else. <laughs> right. And uh, I never really saw the point because I traveled so much at a young age. So I was like, everybody just kind of does the same shit no matter what they're around. Like it's, it's really about who you're with and like, if you like the people you're around and yeah. I always kind of had a good solid crew here and like mm -hmm. everywhere else. It's one of those things that like Delaware is also really conveniently located. I can go places real easily, very quickly, like be in, you know, Philadelphia, half hour, New York, two hours, everything's pretty cool. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a nice bonus point for sure. But that's, it's one of the nicest things to realize when you find, and you're like, Oh, I don't need to move or like travel anymore. I found right. where I'm supposed to be. It feels yeah. right. It feels good. Like I feel very grateful to, to, to find that. And I'm glad mm -hmm. you did too. Yeah. So, like you know growing up in that small town and kind of having that like itch to get out of there and everything mm -hmm. how like was mike the first one that broke like how soon did he leave and how like was he itching to get out was he feeling the same thing is that why he yeah went to miami? so so he um he moved to miami um it was probably yeah probably uh three years after he graduated three or four years and um because him and i are three years apart okay uh, i was gonna each, ask each each one of my siblings are three years apart from the other that's um, perfect yeah um and so i think um yeah he 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 had that same itching you know um uh and I think we just needed to get out and like explore. I think I yeah. think whether whether you move to a place or or not, you can just go out and explore other places. Yeah. Um, and I think that's good for the soul. Yeah. 
I completely agree. That's so true. So when did you start getting into all the weird stuff? Like I know I've listened to you on a few podcasts recently. I know it started really young and you referenced yeah. your mom being into Bigfoot. I, I think oh, on yeah. Jordan's podcast, you referenced that she was a big, yeah. like, was that the introduction for you? Was it from your parents, from oh, your mom yeah. specifically? Well, yeah, my, my dad, not so much. Um, uh, my, my, my dad is a very like, empirical data type guy <laughs> and like um but my mom is very she's like like groovy hippie spiritual type stuff but she always talked about bigfoot she was always into bigfoot um and so i picked it up with that and uh, i it, it kind of snowballed right cuz you know i i would i would um I didn't have like internet or a printer growing up. So I would go over to my grandma Joyce's and what I would do is I would print up all these different cases of cryptids. And then I would go to school and hand them out and try and make friends that way. And I love that story. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's a couple weirdos uh, attached onto me and they're still my friends to this day. Um, That's so. awesome. Yeah, it reminds it, me of like discovering zine making for the first time in high school. You just did it like way younger. It sounds like like mm -hmm. you were making your own little cryptid zines. Yeah, what people thought. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. So I, cool. I, 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 um, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I. It makes sense that I, I turned out the way I did, <laughs> knowing just my like my past, and you know, it's it's schooling's hard for like everyone. But it's like, but as long as you have, you know, a friend or two, yep. that's cool. Dude, did the urge to make stuff kind of go a lot? Like, were you a maker? It sounds like, like having that urge to just like pronounce things like that takes it a step further. Yeah. Is that something that was with you at a young age? Um, yeah, I was always really, um, I didn't really... I didn't do like art at a young age. I was very imaginative, but, um, but you know, early high school, I was in bands. I, I was in a, in the ninth grade, I was in a band with, uh, my fellow co-host of Moth Boys, uh, Jake. Um, we were in a, a like a scrams band, like a screamo awesome. band, uh, uh, called Indrid Cold, perfect, and, <laughs> and, um, which again makes sense. And then, um, and then probably a year after that, well, probably eleventh grade, we did a uh, wrestling themed power violence band, and uh, so it was just like thirty second songs about Scott Steiner and <laughs> you know, Stone Cold and. Uh, it, it was really cool. We all wore luchador masks and we would like plant people in the crowds to wrestle. Amazing. Um, and, and we would like choke slam people. And like, it was just like a whole lot of fun. I had my own, I was the red death and I was like, uh, I was like a heel and like, uh, I was a suit. Um, but yeah, we each had our own characters and it was really cool. Um, I love it. Yeah that's awesome so when did when did you start playing music um uh, uh, well 
the thing is, is I am a vocalist. <laughs> that was a great I, response. I, that was the best. Yeah, that's so no talent. <laughs> um, so uh, no musical talent. I just always I I I was always really deep into music, and I was like, I want to be a part of this stuff. So um, when you're in like hardcore and punk bands. You don't. You don't need to have yeah, a good no, voice. No, no, no. no. So. What, what was the was what what was the uh, your part of New York? This is Western New York. You, you yeah, were, Western you, New York. Up? What was the scene like when you were growing oh, up? Oh man. Is... Well, Jake and I created a scene. We didn't have a music scene. <laughs> it's one of those towns. That's great. <laughs> right, right. So in in ninth grade, Jake and I started booking shows at a local bar. So we were 15 at this local bar booking like hardcore and punk and like emo music. Um, and, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm not sure if it was legal for us to be in that bar, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, um, it's fine. The owner didn't was, care. <laughs> yeah, that's mad. Uh, good. <laughs> and, and we, there's nothing for other kids to do. So the kids would come and hang out at the show and it was a lot of yeah. fun. Um, we booked a lot of great bands and a lot of bad bands too. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, we created, uh, a scene in, in this town. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So no, we didn't have, we didn't have a music scene. So we we're like, let's just book bands then. Exactly. Let's do it. Yeah, that's a very important uh, role to play. Again, I uh, we I don't think we were recording when we were talking about your important role of being the irresponsible uncle, but that that goes along. Mm -hmm. It's the same yeah. role. I yeah. right. they line up. They go hand in hand. I uh, one of the best things I did the same thing in Delaware. I mean, there was a scene in Delaware. Like we're so mm -hmm. close to Philly that like there's always been a really good scene. I cannot at all say that I started any kind of scene, but I booked a lot of shows around here. And what I would do is people that were having trouble or were bummed about the Philly show they played last time they're on tour. I'd be like, just come to Delaware. I promise yeah. I'll get you at least 200 bucks. I'll give you a floor to sleep on. And then mm -hmm. usually I'd get them like double that. And all these kids would come out and they would care because there's nothing else going on in New York, Delaware. And like, this is something where, you know, in Philly, there might be four shows you're competing with. And like in yep. here, it's the, the one thing you got going on at all. So I'm, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it, it's like uh, Pittsburgh where there's like fucking five or six or you know, shows yeah. going on at once in one area of Pittsburgh. It, it, see, that's, that's cool. I like that because like I used to do that too. Um, any band that didn't have a place to crash, you know, they were guaranteed a certain amount and they were, they had a place to crash and I would cook them food. Yep, um, exactly. And, uh, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's nice The the, I've been booking, I stopped booking shows like probably towards the end of me living in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh yeah because i did it a lot i did it for a long time um yeah i i stopped right before having kids i was like i can't do yeah. this no more i'm about to yeah. like i it was the one like i i was still playing a band it's very infrequent that we actually play shows but like we you know write records and record cool, songs cool. what kind of what like, kind of stuff do you jam 
just very short, simple pop punk, like Ramon style. Very cool. Very, or like Lookout 90s. Seth, you know, very, very much simple and straightforward, but really fun. I dig and, it. Yeah, it's super fun. And uh, but the the reason I started booking bands was because of that thing we were talking that itch to get out of the small town. Like I learned mm-hmm. in the late 90s, early 2000s when I started playing in like a band more i guess seriously for lack of a better word like we wanted to go play shows in other towns that mm-hmm. the way to do that was to book bands in your town and do exactly what you said guarantee them a couple bucks make sure they have a place to sleep cook them some food give them mm-hmm. and make sure everybody has fun and then they'll do the same thing for you in their town and that mm-hmm. was like this aha moment that didn't even really hit me how much it like influenced my life until years after I was kind of done that section of my, like that's when I recently had to, uh, got invited back to my college. Uh, they, they honored me with a distinguished alumni award. Right. Cool. So they, yeah, it was really, it was really cool. It's really weird. I mean, like I graduated out of a class of like 25. So like distinguished out of a very small pool, yeah, right? But like but still very still cool, listen, right? I'm, I'm a middle child. I will take anything, <laughs> any kind of praise I will get. Cause I am ignored for the most That's of it. Beautiful. So. I am a, I am, I'm an artist who can't let anybody say anything nice about it. Anything I do, but like <laughs> go, going back to the, the, uh, the college and like, mm-hmm. I was talking to like the illustration professor. I'm like, what the fuck do you tell a graduate, a kid that's graduating with a bat or not a bachelor's, an associate's degree in illustration in 2023 right now with like, you know, 50 grand debt minimum. Like, what do you mm-hmm. tell, like w- when these kids are like, what do you do? How do you get? And they're like, Oh yeah, no, it's, it's, it's bl-. And like, you know, like I'm like, Oh, yeah. that's not good. So, but they started asking me like, how did you get to like, do what you do? And I'm like, there's no A to B, but like the only thing that I can say that's been consistent in anything that I've ever had, like quote unquote success at is be nice and treat people really well. And like, no matter who it is, like whether they're mean to you or not, just treat them really nicely and be Mm -hmm. kind and you'll get where you want to go. Eventually it might take 20 years, but it'll happen. Like if you just keep, keep at that path and like being in a punk band and like seeing that symbiotic uh, touring relationship is one of the first things that I was like, Oh, that you don't have to be good. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to write good songs. You just have to be nice. You have to book bands and then they'll do it for you. And I was like, I can yeah. do that. I, I can't be in a good band. I can't guarantee that, but I can guarantee that I can be nice <laughs> and, and do favors for people. <laughs> well, also that's, that's the, that's the heart and soul of punk rock. Just being nice yeah. to other people. Like just, yeah, just no. be kind to each other. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, I, I think, and that's like my favorite parallel. There's so many, like almost everybody I talk to via this podcast or in the community that both of us kind of reside in more now than I'd say mm-hmm. the, at least for myself in the local punk scene, I, I haven't been to a show around here in uh, six years mm-hmm. <laughs> at least, but, uh, but it's the same thing where people like that, that, uh, that tendency to kindness and openness that I found and like was really inspired by in the punk scene. I found again in a lot of areas in this like uh, cryptid paranormal mm-hmm. weirdo scene in, in it's very interesting to me how many people transition from there. Like we used to joke that you either like got old in the punk scene and you either went like and became a folk punk rock band or like a doom sludge band (laughs) and now i think there's like a third option where you become just like a cryptid and paranormal enthusiast like that's 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 the last one i didn't know about until now you see (laughs) that's the that's the thing with like i grew up i grew up mostly listening to well 
when I was young, I listened to a lot of like blues and rock and uh, like stuff that my dad was into, like Prague stuff. Um, and I found my way into hardcore music. Now, hardcore, that the natural progression for a hardcore dude is to get really into like New Order and become Ooh, God. Yeah. I love um, it's it. Like, I love it's, it. I think that's the, as you get older, you become like, you become this like jaded hardcore dude that, you know, is just wearing a hate breed shirt and has like one of those, like one of those like uh newspaper boy hats and oh, like, yeah. camo shorts. And then, or, or you become a goth uh, and a barber. Uh, I think those I are like it. the, but it's, it's I grew up, I, I, I understand what you mean by there's a natural progression. You either go here or here. Yeah, no, it's really funny. And I, I love those little, those little parallels. And, <laughs> you know, one of the things that, that I've heard you talk a lot about in uh, a bunch of interviews and stuff now is the importance of keeping fun in like the weird and the paranormal and stuff yep. like that. And that was also where like the punk scene always lost me when it stopped being fun and got mm -hmm. too much on the other side. Like, like there, there was plenty of uh, very meaningful and progressive and uh, political and big ideas being presented to, mm -hmm. to me via the punk scene. But without the fun or the humor around it none of it really mattered like the, yeah. that was the stuff that like really made it come across like that's why i fell in love and probably still love bands like the ramones and the mm -hmm. descendants and these bands that have such a firm element of humor and are still writing like some of the most beautiful songs that you'll yeah. ever hear at the same time and yeah i think I love hearing you talk about that in regards to the uh paranormal community because everybody yeah, it, could, it's... used to have more fun it is. It's it's um, because because the cryptozoology is a very human subject, and 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 you know um, you know, there was, you know, recently I had, uh, within the last four years, I had I had a, a bunch of friends lose their their life, and I think that really kind of. Um, you have to have fun with life because it's so yeah. short and no one is guaranteed tomorrow. And, uh, and, and, and so you want to, you just find your happiness, find, find whatever, whatever makes you feel good whatever makes you glow and just do it Be because it, you know you, we, again you know no one thinks about that stuff and i think a lot of folks think that oh that's not going to happen to me but you know it, it it does life happens and um so it's it's important to put fun into everything i think um all the subjects that can have fun should have fun and cryptozoology is incredibly fun I love it. Yeah, no, that's well, that's beautiful. I, I I'm sorry for your loss, Matt. That's a uh, that's oh, tough, yeah. man. That's yeah. a that's a lot in a couple years. That that uh, and like it was that your first like big uh, encounters with death, or have you have you lost people uh, before well, that? No, it was it was. Yeah, I mean, um, not to get too no, feel no, free no, to no, tell no, me not. No, okay, my, go ahead. No, my my, you know, I think my the the first. I guess really um 
intense encounter with with death was with my grandma Joyce, the one that I would go over and print mm-hmm. up um, all the uh, all the the cases. Um, but yeah, I had I I had uh, it was like all within a three year span. I had I had I had uh, four of my friends take their life. One uh, died from COVID, and then the other one was uh, hit by a train. And so after, after, and I'm, I I still don't think I've quite processed all of it. Um, but it, it, it makes you think about life differently and it makes you, um, it, it makes you appreciate, uh, the time you spent with those people. And it, it, yeah, it just, it, it never made me like, you know, um, I never like hid myself away or anything. It just, I think, you know, of course with missing them and there's the, the trauma of them not being in your life anymore. Um, it's important to make your life as good, good as possible, as good as you can make it. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Beautiful. Yeah. No, that's I mean to take that away from the, you know, encounters with, you know, life like you said, like life's going to happen for everybody. Mm-hmm. So to be able to take that away from it is so it means a lot to or to me it says a lot to where you were at your point at that point in life when you mm-hmm. were experiencing those things. I mean, that's a very that's a lot a lot of loss in a very short amount of time and i i love that it's making you embrace the fun of life and you know really really live it to its fullest because at the end of the day whether it's talking about death or even talking about ghost stories or things mm-hmm. like that it should just remind you that we are all you know living flesh bags that should enjoy this weird little ride that we're having right now yeah and like yeah it, and uh, theoretically, the more that we can talk about these things and be more open about lose loss and death and all of that stuff as a culture and a society, the the less of a kind of novelty or a uh, like reality break when we do experience mm-hmm. those inevi- inevitabilities, it yeah. should be anyway. Theoretically, yeah, that's the that's the that's the uh, that's the the thing of it though. It's it's you know it come it'll come for all of us some some sooner than it should but um it's it it is there's uh i think a lot of people a lot of people um dread it but you can't for the most part you can't control this stuff and and it's all you know it's 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 gonna happen and 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 i understand why people are scared of it because they want to keep living on this tiny rock floating in space and like Cause it is a cool place and it's filled with good people. And, uh, but, but you know, you, you have your, you have your time here and, uh, yeah. And again, that's why it's just so important to have fun with everything you're doing. Um, and, 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 and tell your friends and tell your friends you love them every single day. And, and, you know, and just make it, make it, you know, weird, make everything weird. 
That's so beautiful. And I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. If, if we weren't only a half hour into this conversation, I'd be like, all right, let's wrap it up on that. That's a beautiful <laughs> ending. Like, let's just tie this whole thing up. We'll leave them feeling good. But no, I, yeah. you know, uh, people a lot smarter than me have said that, that, that finality, that like the fact that all of our time does end is what makes it sweet. That's what yes. makes it so that we, so like, you know, mm-hmm. having those encounters with death throughout your life, uh, will hopefully be a reminder that that, you know one is probably not the end of whatever we think is Mm -hmm. things and and two that like that there is some finality is what makes being a human so special probably like it's all tied together there's no there's no creation without death and destruction and then you know there's Mm -hmm. it's all part of the same weird dance that we're doing here um it makes me want to ask you i haven't asked this question i used to ask it on every podcast and i haven't asked it in forever but do you have any kind of uh favorite theory as far as afterlife or what what happens after after we go away from from this big blue ball right um i think we we just become a part of this planet's energy the the life that grows on this planet we go back into it not necessarily reincarnation Mm -hmm. um uh, cause if there was someone, something dictating, uh, reincarnation for me, they'd be like, that dude's definitely going to be a worm. Like that dude <laughs> is definitely going to be a worm. Um, so, um, no, I think, I think our energy just goes back into the earth, gets gobbled up by plants and then where our energy is in plants and then oh, we give beautiful yeah we give life to other animals and it's just like uh we're just on this cycle that everyone just feeds each other i need to start asking this question more because i forgot how good it, it is and it's like a great how, question so- i don't get asked that at all <laughs> like ever well I, I started asking it one because I, I thought about it a lot when I first started getting back into the paranormal and stuff in general because I I mean when I was about to become a dad for the first time that also made me think about like I had to fill out a will and like have like all the stuff like I had to get life insurance and all the yeah. stuff but because I was lucky enough to be in a place where I could get life insurance and like do mm-hmm. all the stuff and like but it also was like okay what do you want to happen to your body after you die and I'm like oh wow I haven't thought about that one at 33, whatever it was. And, uh, yeah. But so like it made me start thinking. And then at that same time, like a year later, Joshua Cutchins bull, or bull <laughs> Joshua Cutchins book, The Ecology of Souls came out, which is all about, you know, a new mythology of the death and paranormal and whatnot. And I was like, oh, cool, more death stuff. And was also very heavy into the Ram Dass stuff at that point. And his whole practice was pretty much sitting with dying people. Like that's what he, mm-hmm. after he came back from India and what became Ram Dass and everything, like his whole thing was pretty much working with hospice people before there was hospice people and sitting with people that were terminally ill, whether it was yeah. AIDS or cancer. And like, so like death was a real big thing for me and on my brain a lot. So I started asking people, but what's really cool is there's these consistencies. So one of my favorite ones that I heard from an artist uh, named Robin Banks, uh, they pretty much said a very similar thing to what you just said, but they said once we go back into the grass and the trees and everything, that you know that feeling when you're like standing in the grass in like bare feet and you just get that like 
really calming feeling. And sometimes it might be like an idea that comes over you, or sometimes you might just feel like at home or they, uh, Robin said that was what, what the, what your energy becomes is that feeling like you're feeling Mm -hmm. all the souls and stuff that I love that recycled. Right. And I'm like, that's "That's beautiful. And when that reminded me so much of what you just said is the same. And I love these like consistencies that people, people seem to find their own cosmology because I don't know, uh, your spiritual or religious background, Matt. We mm-hmm. we barely talked before this, yeah. but like I I'd imagine, like, do you have a particular thing that you subscribe to, um, prescribe to? Like, no, it, I I I don't. Uh, I don't really um, subscribe to any religious beliefs. I when I was when I was younger, I was one of those kids that like like worshipped Richard Dawkins and I was like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. you know, the, the God no, delusion. No, totally. Love that book. And it was nope. just, <laughs> and, and, um, and now I definitely, uh, I, I, you know, I think, um, I think folks like that are important that are not militant, but he was kind of militant about militant. his his, yeah, his, his atheism. <laughs> and he, the thing is, is he 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 has the, it's like this this pompous feel to it, and 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 it's and it's based in education, right? And he's an evolutionary biologist, but but I think it's all about how you talk to people is like how receptive they're going to be to what you have to say. If you (laughs) come at someone, if you come at someone with information, whether there's an objective truthness to it, um, if you say it wrong, they're not going to be receptive to it. And no matter what it is, it's just, it's, like if you're in the sciences, you should just you should you should be wanting people to understand it and embrace it, and folk folks like folks like that um, yeah. don't. No, no, there's a big uh, talking down to side of those things, and just yeah, like, the the um, what's the rigid thinking? The the how rigid that they're they're like they essentially yeah. become another religion. The from the that viewpoint, they just have their own beliefs and like beliefs are dangerous, man. Like yeah, mm-hmm. I I I love the quote from Doctor Jeffrey Kreifel where he says he believes in belief but doesn't believe in beliefs because belief mm-hmm. works, but like beliefs are also dangerous and usually where like friction and stuff comes from because people get so rigid in their thinking mm-hmm. and don't allow for the other stuff or to realize that like it's probably all and then something else. Like I, I've heard mm-hmm. you on the, the last couple of podcasts talk about the, the conflict between like flesh and blood and weirdo Bigfoot and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, I mean, I think you've said it, but it's probably both. And then a ton of other yeah. things that we don't even know what is right now. So to get yeah. so like upset about any of it is just silly. Like we're just yeah, talking yeah, about right. fucking, fucking Bigfoot, man. It's cool. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's not a huge, it's not a huge thing. Like it's, it's, yeah, it, I I think I think you know, um eventually folks will find out or figure out that this isn't something that we're going to understand or you know, and if all of these things are connected with each other, we just there's we're we're just there's there's a a a, a tier 
that our knowledge tops off at. And Mm -hmm. because we only know what we currently know about the natural world than the, the, the laws of nature. Right. So, so if there's something beyond that, we can't like comprehend it. And, um, and maybe that's like with, with like the paranormal or even some like, some other different entities like maybe they maybe they they look so weird because what their image is is so beyond us understanding that our brain is just trying to put together things right and yep, so it's yep. just like forming these weird creatures out of like okay um you know say with like a gray alien it's like okay human type thing with bug eye and yep. like it's just <laughs> we're looking at something our brains is having such a hard time constructing that we're, it just like, cause the brain does that to begin with. It can do 100%. that. It just reconstructs things to make sense. Oh yeah. Um, so anything that's not directly in your line of sight, your brain's mm-hmm. just filling in. It's all yeah. like your, your brain's just filling in pictures that it's seen a million times before. So like there's, yeah. there's plenty of room for all of those things. And, and I, I love that stuff. I mean, I, yeah. I think there's definitely, the um the novelty injections and like the point is that it's supposed to break your reality is kind of where you're where i think i i completely agree with you with these things and that Mm -hmm. like the uh, the the drilling down on whether it happened or didn't happen is so useless and for the most part and the the real thing is like what happens afterwards and like how Mm -hmm. that is integrated and all of that good stuff that and I love, I mean, you're absolutely right when you're talking about, you know, we only have a level of what we are supposed to understand. And in a way, that's uh, Dr. Jack Hunter, who I had on the podcast a little bit ago. Uh, he talks about the boggle threshold, which is like mm. a threshold that we all have that once it's broken, that's where it becomes the high strangeness. Like we can all accept like a UFO, but then a UFO and a Bigfoot and a lizard man all hanging out together. No boggle threshold there. But, you know, me and you, our boggle thresholds might be a little higher because we are so into this shit and a little bit more open. Right. So it's like, oh, lizard man, Bigfoot, uh, gnome, elephant, hang- <laughs> cool. Like the, so like we all have different boggle thresholds that are set by cultures and education mm. and in, like all these different influences. And I think that the the paranormal in a lot of ways, as uh, our mutual friend Vuk has said, is it, it's meant to push boundaries and to push that mm-hmm. threshold and to make you make you take a step over there and realize that there's more to life. And that's where mm-hmm. like I get excited about this stuff because it really is just to remind you like. I feel very lucky that I get to draw silly pictures for a living, right? Like I get to do this thing that in my mind is like this little act of magic all the time. And I get to take this like blank thing and make something out of it. And to think that like, getting into cryptids could be that for somebody else makes me really excited. Like getting mm-hmm. in, like the fact that these, like these little access points are a way for people to live a more uh, creative and imaginative life is very exciting for mm-hmm. me. And I think that, uh, you know, having folks like yourself out there talking about having fun with this stuff and stuff, it, it makes, that's the part that people are missing is that like, it's not, it's not only that this stuff is like novelty breaking and like really kind of weird. And like, I use the word all a lot because all means to be like standing in like fear and reverence. And just like, (laughs) once you are like, there's no answers, you just stand in all right. Like that's what, but Mm -hmm. like 
the absurd and the fun is a big part of that, like a huge yep. part. There was this dude, I should look up his name. I don't He was on this podcast I was listening to earlier, and he is a super smart PhD, paranormal PhD dude from, from Amsterdam. But essentially, he does linguistic studies of like mystic and like ancient texts, right? And he was talking cool. about how the biggest thing that's left out of translations of esoteric and religious and spiritual texts is the cultural humor. And he was using Adam and Eve, the story of Adam and Eve, as an example, because apparently in the original language it was written in, the words for clothed and unclothed are a pun. So there's this pun that runs throughout the whole story of Adam and Eve that is lost from the translation of the original language. So it was supposed to be like kind of silly and it is kind mm-hmm. of silly if you think about the story. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that's beautiful. Like, And he's like, that's what's <laughs> lost from like translating almost any esoteric text is the humor. And I think that says so much about like the paranormal or any of this stuff is like when you talk to people usually like they like making jokes and like you know they the the ones i like to talk to are really funny and like they love life and that's a really Mm -hmm. important part of it i feel like yeah yeah that's that's uh yeah that's really cool i had no idea i mean um you know i've never i've never read any of the (laughs) the abrahamic texts in in full it, but i can't even tell you what the original language is it latin that they're no it's is it it's it's i don't know man see this is where i this is where i listen to podcasts and really smart people and then i say a little bit of what they say and i'm like yep job i done. get it i Got totally it. get it done uh grok that one <laughs> no, but that's, no that's that's cool and i think i think yeah it, it's um yeah, I just I I think it's it's important to enjoy all this stuff and and not like don't you don't need to no one needs to like criticize this. This isn't like you know the paranormal is not like a critical subject cuz it's still not going to answer any like those questions like what what happens after death? type mm-hmm. thing that I, you know we we don't have the capability of understanding uh, if the if there is if there isn't um and so you know i i'd say have fun with it let other people have fun with it cuz <laughs> there's so many people that are that just you know it's it's a bummer they just get they get you down they're like well actually it was probably just swamp gas and it's just like all right man cool thank you for your input but i i tend to i tend to i tend to uh i i tend to just kind of ignore that stuff i i do i do whatever makes what whatever makes me happy and uh you know and it's good I'm super interested in this now, actually. I didn't think about asking you this, but you're a great person, too. So, I, you know, people talk about cycles of this stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially in, like, the paranormal where, like, you have higher cycle or higher higher beliefs in flesh and blood, nuts and bolts, and then it gets weirder mm-hmm. and more people are into the psychic consciousness, self-reflective, uh, you know, co-created stuff. And then it goes right. back to, you know, nuts and bolts and stuff. Have you seen that in your time going to cons? Like, do you see that in person? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, cause we, 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 we have people 
every every con we have folks coming up to us and talking about their experience and like we've even had people like talking to us at once couple people talking to us and then talking to each other about their experiences and then it's um uh i think there's there's a we haven't really had too many people like in an in a negative way like kind of respond to those types of things um because we do a lot of cryptid events and the people in the cryptid community are just are are so different and unique and they're great people um and they're very supportive like uh, but you you witness those levels and and it's cool because in the in the cryptid community it's um it really and, and again running running the 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 circuit of all different areas bigfoot ufo cryptid paranormal um it seems like the cryptid is such a the cryptid community and even the paranormal community and by car- paranormal i mean like spiritual stuff like spirits mm-hmm. and ghosts and like um yeah, I think I think that it, it's it's so different. Um and like I think the more people kind of realize that we should all be having fun with this, the better it'll be cuz you know, the the UFO community and the the Bigfoot community is very divided. Um cryptid community, everyone's just like kind of grooving, you know what I mean? <laughs> everyone's just super groovy and like just like that's awesome you saw you saw winged humanoid cool like i saw this and it's just like and and you know what's cool about also that is like there could be someone that's like completely into the the whole uh psychic aspect that all of this is like uh cyclical and Uh then there's like the people that are flesh and blood with cryptids but they're just chilling with each other like we're on the same we're on the same playing field we're all we're 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 and we're all there like everyone should be like that you know what i mean just like totally be cool with other people you know if if it means a lot to you to try and understand these things i say go for it because if that brings you happiness do it um but otherwise just enjoy the mystery the world needs more mystery like the world needs more mystery because there's um you know um we've kind of become this like humans have become this very like unnatural thing right where Mm -hmm. we're just like it seems like i don't know we've we've I don't know. It's weird. Humans just are, are, seem so different from the rest of nature. When you think about, when I think about nature, my first image of nature is like a beautiful oak tree. It's not a human, and it's not even yeah. the s- second or third or fourth or fifth thing that I think about. It, humans, humans, humans are are they're so I don't know. They're a different kind of animal, 
And <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all we're all a part of nature. We're, we're natural, biological, you know. It, but we seem, and I, I think maybe just because more and more we're pulling away from our natural ties with the environment. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think, um, that's probably why I feel that way is because, um, you know, we used to be one with the planet and, and now we're not, you know, it seems like we aren't. No, that's a super interesting thought. The, uh, the same dude that I probably misquoted earlier about the uh, the Adam and Eve thing also made a statement that was really interesting to me about evolution. And as far as us, like, essentially, we were really bad at being primates and like being like apes, like when we were mm-hmm. like, it, 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 but we learned how to use tools. So we mm-hmm. we got lucky and we found this whole thing because we learned how to use tools and we just like further and further you know isolated ourselves from nature using those tools because we kept advancing and it was more beneficial and like you know things like that but now take that to its logical conclusion and look where we're at we're maybe a little too further too isolated from from where we came from in certain ways and uh, yeah I, i and i think you're right i think this is all pointing like the more that people can get comfortable and paradox, I think, is really mm-hmm. important. And I think it's yeah. one of the things that the paranormal can really serve is like getting comfortable in that big, like the the big uh, capital M mysteries that aren't supposed to be solved. Like I, mm-hmm. one of my favorite Terrence McKenna quotes about UFOs is something along the lines that like UFOs won't be figured out until we figure out what human consciousness is. And we're not going to figure that out. <laughs> like it's straight, mm-hmm. like that was pretty much like, you know, they call it the hard problem or whatever for a reason. Like it's the thing that's not going to get, get straightened and, out anytime soon. <laughs> and that's a, that's a, that in itself is a, is an anomaly of evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, we're, we're something, we're something different. Like, Oh, we're weird. And we have a very, see, and that's what, this is where I get trapped. And I'm lucky to have people like Vuk in my life to remind me that like, we're weird in a certain way, but it doesn't make us any more special than the slime molds or the, or the rocks or the trees because they all mm-hmm. have consciousness. They just have a mm-hmm. different form. And we have, we have such a, um, like our image of biology and life is so defined by our species and like who we are that sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to forget or it's hard to remember that like, you know, everything else probably has a very unique consciousness of it right, its own right. that we're a part of. Like it's a, I, and that's like, I love when you get into the deeper weird or the, the, the deeper sides. And this is probably why I click more with the like spiritual side of this stuff is because it gets you to that point where like you start talking about things like animism and getting back mm-hmm. to the idea that like everything is equal in a certain way on this earth. And we all like when my kid is telling me that these rocks and trees have like names and have been here for like 40,000 years and have birthdays and stuff. I'm like, Oh yeah, he's probably right. Like he's onto something like we were trained to be like now nah, you're just a kid being a kid but he's probably like picking up on something that's like absolutely true you know like right i think there's there's a way to look at this stuff that just makes your world more magical and like the more we can live i try and remember the more that i can view the world in certain ways like my six-year-old the better person i'll be in general and i think there's something to like 
getting to dive into these subjects of weird and paranormal and cryptids, you have any of it is kind of a way of getting back to that youthful way of looking at the world. Like everyone I talk to on here, they started this shit young and they found it from either like, you know, exactly like you were saying, like they, they found it from a, a um, family member or from a TV show or whatever it was that mm-hmm. got it into it at a very young age. And when they get back into it as hard as like a lot of our friends do, it seems Mm -hmm. like there's also this kind of like, I want to feel like that again. Like I want to look at the world that magically again. And I I love that this is an access point for that. I think that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Oh, go ahead. Good. No, no, no. You could go, go, go. I was going to use this to finally transition to talk about the book that we worked on together because we're about an hour hour in here. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I haven't (laughs) mentioned the the book that we – you know, we haven't even talked since – I don't think we've talked uh, since we've made this book together. And I – one – why I think this is a good point to transition is because this is a story that happened local to you and had Mm -hmm. an impact because I remember I heard you say that you, like, this being so close to your hometown made you realize that Mm -hmm. weird shit happens everywhere, like right in Mm -hmm. your backyard and stuff. And one of the questions I wanted, before we get into the, the white monsters themselves and whatnot, do you have like a local urban legend that you grew up on? That was like your guys's, you know, either like scary house on the end of the road or like your, like we had a devil's tree where like the, the Satan, the Satanist sacrificed the babies in the, uh, in the tree and stuff like that. Did you have anything fun like that growing up? We had uh, um, Guernsey Hollow, which Ooh, what's that? Uh, which was this old, old, overgrown cemetery, um, and you were uh, supposed to like kiss certain headstones, or you'd be like taken uh, to the other world, and uh, and it was it was cool. It's like. Now it's really well maintained, but when I was when I was young, just it was just overgrown and terrifying looking because somehow <laughs> it, that just makes it. Which I, I, you know, I as a new as a as a as a new homeowner, um, I'm thinking about uh, just letting things grow and maybe. Um, like planting like just wildflowers throughout my yard because like, what what is that? What why do we have yeah. to mow our yards? Why are we displacing all this life just to keep like a you know what I mean? Like let let's let all this beautiful green I'm with just you. grow. I just um, but had this yeah. argument with Allie. <laughs> yeah, like, we don't need to pull the weeds. The weeds are fine. They're not weeds. Yeah, they're only they're weeds because you call them weeds. They're just plants. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, we had uh, Guernsey Hollow, and that was a terrifying place to go. But um, it awesome. was kind of a place that people dared you to go and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so did you kiss the gravestones? Oh, I did. Yeah, <laughs> got her right. Yeah, no, 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 you're no, still no, here. No. So. <laughs> Listen, I was, I was like, I was like, yeah, I know nothing's gonna happen, but like, I'm gonna do it, but just for like fun, you know. I, I, I don't actually believe in it, like, because I'm. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, you're. I'm a tough guy. Kid. Whatever. That's yeah, kid stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, awesome. But it, it, yeah, it, it's it's the, you know, the town. I think reading about this, that it just made me dive deeper into the strange in this area. 
That's awesome. Well, before we get into what else you discovered, do you want to just give a little recap of what the yeah. story is that that we put yeah. out there? And I, so I helped to pretty much do the layout. And mm-hmm. did you all write this all together, or how how the mm-hmm. writing process go? So the writing process was um, us taking just information uh, from the interview we did with John Goodwill. Um, we kind of didn't want to do any like fluff in it. You know what I mean? We didn't Mm want to like add our own thing to it. This was all about, and it's always about getting John's story out there. Um, you know, and, 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 yeah, and it was just, I think, I think that was like top, top priority because, you know, um, when he did tell us his story the first time, he did get very emotional. And, you know, he said, you know, you know, I thought I was going to have to take this to my grave type of thing. And like, and I think it's just, uh, I think it's important. And I think, I think it's important that other people know this story. And I think it's important to, tell stories to each other like yes. that's important so, so important yeah so uh yeah that was just like we didn't want to add our own little thing in there to like get us like none of the attention is on us this was all this is all just for john and his story that influenced influenced us so much that's beautiful. All right, can you give? So you found this from reading one of John Keel's books, right? Yeah. So the, the, what, the complete guide to mysterious beings, and uh, I read it when I was in oh gosh, early high school, maybe maybe ninth or tenth grade, and I didn't know that there was a uh, uh, white monsters, uh, and then you know I heard about it. Uh, I was just a kid and uh, I I came upon that chapter and I was like, it, it was like, um, I forgot the name of the chapter, but it was just uh, like one page and um, yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, Sherman, that's the next town over from where I live. And it just that's like amazing. totally rocked my world that first of all, John Keel had something about like, a town that's so close to me and so dear to me uh it was just very cool and then after that it was just like it was like a point of pride um and (laughs) that's uh, amazing yeah he called it in the in the in the book he called it the beasts of sherman um but when we did that interview with john he's like we always called them the white monsters and so since Keel didn't investigate and didn't do any of that work. He just threw, he just took uh, John Goodwill's letter and threw it in his book. I was like, we were just like, all right, John, so this is yep. your chance. This is the, yep. what do you want to call them? He's like, well, I don't know. I just, I always called them the white monsters. So that's perfect. That's awesome. That that I that's really cool that he got to take control of the narrative there. And mm-hmm. That so when you found that, like, are you and Mike into this stuff together? Like, were you able to be like, hey, Mike, look what I just read. Like, where, where, right. did you get like, were you able to share that with your brother right away? Type deal. 
Well, yeah, um, I didn't. My brother, my brother and I shared. Mike and I shared a lot of common interests. Um, we honestly, we didn't talk a whole lot about like the paranormal together. We oh, did wow. a lot of we we did a lot of uh, music and movies uh-huh. together. Like that was that was our thing. But we never talked about any of these like very niche interests with each other. And it was kind of just like. Um, you know, uh, we just kind of found out and we were like, yeah, that kind of makes sense, man. Like that makes sense (laughs) that you'd be into Mothman. That's, That's I think it was, I think we realized that when, uh, my father took us to see the Mothman, uh, prophecies with, uh, oh, who's that handsome fella? Um, Oh man, now I can't remember, and that's bad. I, that's embarrassing. I just feel embarrassed for me. Like, well, here I'll I'll go. I've never actually seen the movie, Rich, so uh, Richard Gene Richard Gear. Richard Gear. Uh, Richard Gear. There Gere. you go. Okay, got it. The the we one actor it. I'll ever name. And yeah, I've never actually seen the movie, so uh, so I can't. Oh, it's really it's really cool. It's just fun. I, it's I've only heard great things. It's one of the many movies that I've come so far without hearing or seeing, and I've heard so many people talk about them. Like, man, it's just, I'll it's watch just like a thriller. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's just like, you know, a, a lot of it is Hollywood, but it's just so fun and like, yeah. the way it's shot makes you paranoid. It's, it's wild. The way I think that's intentional, like, because it'll have like shots of, of like the camera looking through like a. Um, like a fan or a vent and it's like peering down at people. It's like oh, cool. very, the way it's shot is super cool. That's um, awesome. I, I dig but, that stuff. But yeah, and it was, it was kind of, so, you know, that was, I think the first time where we were like, oh yeah, you're in, you're That's into so this funny. stuff too. Like, I just pictured okay. you guys growing up, like go, like, you know, being super into cryptids and going on cryptid hunts and like, you know, doing, doing small town weirdo stuff like that. Together. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Do you, so like how far it like when did you guys decide to start a podcast about all this stuff like how how fast did that progress after seeing them all not to get completely off the book uh that mm-hmm. we were just talking about but we'll, we'll get right back to that but yeah how fast did the did you guys like bond over this stuff or was it just like man that's cool and then a couple years well later, it was it podcast, was or? yeah i think it was like after seeing that movie it was like cool and then we would be like all right well you know let's go to this concert. Cause we were always going to concerts together. And, um, um, and I think like cool little Bigfoot stuff would pop up here and there or whatever, like ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't hit. Um, we decided to do the podcast, um, at a Mothman festival. Cause we walked, we, um, Mike and Jake and I, like, we've all been friends for a long time. I've, I, I graduated with Jake. Mike's known him for a long time. We all went to shows together as kids. Um, and so we went to a Mothman festival just because it was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go? Um, Totally. And so we went and, uh, we noticed that there weren't a lot of podcasters there and uh um 
and we were like, yeah, we're passionate about this stuff. Let's let's uh, let's force this stuff down people's throats. <laughs> and so we um, no, we we kind of uh, we all just kind of agreed that like, yeah, let's do a, let's do a podcast. Let's talk about this stuff. And the first the first episode we did, we had to can because there was uh, too many Dan Aykroyd. Um, Dan Aykroyd jokes Dan Aykroyd jokes about specific scenes in <laughs> Ghostbuster have you seen that oh yeah I, I can imagine which scene you're talking about <laughs> yeah the library so oh, yeah. we, it was like That's that beautiful. was filled that was filled the whole entire episode was filled with that Jake and I would just not quit and then Mike's like I don't want any of Anyone that I work with listening to this, we need to ditch it. So we like recorded and like on our way home, we were just like, we can't release this too many, too, too much. It's too much. Oh um, man. That's awesome. But, but yeah, it was, uh, and, and we've been doing it for almost four and a half years now. So Dang, that's awesome. That's a good amount of time. That's, that's it's, wonderful it's, to hear. It, it's a good amount of time, but we've also, I think we've all, we, we've, well, we just recorded a podcast. So Monday will be coming out, but we record, this will be our 97th episode in Ooh. four and a half years, Todd. <laughs> That's still, how many, uh, how many episodes are you on? I, I think Th- I did 406 today. Ah, how long have you, it's how not long fair. have you been a podcast? Uh, just over a year, just over a year, but I do a daily five minute podcast. So I'm cheating. Even Jordan gets, gets bummed out sometimes when he looks at my numbers and I'm like, I literally do like my podcast every day is me talking for five minutes about like whatever I drew. And half the times I don't even talk about what I drew. I just talk about whatever the fuck I'm thinking about. Yeah. Right. Like, but these are the ones like the, the interviews are the ones that actually take time and like, I'm not even, I don't research. I mean, I didn't like, (laughs) I was going to listen to all those podcasts you were on anyway so it's not like i went out of my way to like i don't really do if i have someone on here i feel pretty comfortable that i can talk to them without having to like look things up in particular yeah, or yeah. like it's just it's it's good to have like a very like fluid oh yeah uh, can, can you tell i have no way to keep things on the rails i'm going yeah. from like <laughs> yeah, i right. just go i'm like oh wait that's a good thing Let me, i won't ask him about that because i'll forget yeah. about it but yeah uh, i've i've the two things I've been trying not to do are mention the same four stories that I love to mention every podcast. So I'm, I've been doing good at avoiding talking about this uh, episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. That means a lot to me that Vuk is very tired of hearing about. So I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> but uh, I, <laughs> yeah, are you no, sure I, you don't want to tell it? I kind of do. Just no, no, no. Um, but no, I, I. it's funny. Like the more that I, I think this is number like 47 of interviews. So I'm still like under 50. Right. And like, mm-hmm. I still feel like I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Like I've like sometimes I talk to people and I'm just like, I'm sorry. Did I just talk way too much at you? And you just like, I don't even know. <laughs> but a lot, most of the times it's people that like, like you, like I, you know, I would love to hang out in person sometime. Yeah, right. Enough for now. And like, it's, it's awesome that we get to sit here and chat about weird stuff. And then it's cool because sometimes I get to talk to people. Like like I got to do an interview with John E.L. Tenney the other day. And that's someone that like I've listened to and 
like have respected for so long and i'm like oh now i get to talk to you like you're just somebody that i talk to now and like it's really i'm just going to say a bunch of things that i've been thinking about asking you forever and this isn't going to make any sense but that's fine <laughs> that's and, that, that's kind of like when we interviewed eduardo sanchez i was like just awesome. like that and he's just yeah. like such a chill dude and you could just you know sit down and hang out and talk just about anything it was totally great. no yeah. that's that's what's nice is like I don't know. Podcasts are weird. I think about this a lot because like I consume that's my main media, like as far as what I consume, especially since mm-hmm. having kids, like by the time I get the kids down like and get the house, like if I wasn't coming out to talk to you right after I got the kids down, I'd go in and do an hour of cleaning and then be like, well, I can either draw a little bit or go to bed. And I usually go to bed. And if I'm staying mm-hmm. up and drawing, I'll usually just put on a podcast and that's mainly what I'm consuming. But it's so weird because it's so fucking intimate. Like their headphones in, on my head and like the voices are right in your head. And yeah. You right. Realize, like, it's, it's not like watching TV. Like sometimes I will respond out loud to a podcast I'm listening to. And now my <laughs> brain's even more broken. Cause like I've, I talked to so many of these people so much like, and, uh-huh. and now I'm like, Oh man, I got to st- it, It's like the same feeling. I work on a tablet a lot and then I'll go to work in like on a piece of paper and I'll try and like zoom in on the paper or like, you know, un- do on the on the piece of paper and the sketchbook i'm like i'm not on the tablet anymore todd you can't just that doesn't work like that (laughs) yeah right well you Um, know and 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 we we honestly we the story of the 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 white monsters the 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 book the white monsters of sherman new york we we couldn't have done it like without you it was so cool to have you be a part of this project and it was it was just very it was very cool it just turned out so beautiful like um it 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 exceeded my expectations because like when i when i originally thought about it i was like oh i kind of want to do like like a case file something an old paranormal uh investigator would have like photos of the investigation and like like mm-hmm. you know like quotes and artwork and like i i just but this turned out to be something so cool and like just the story itself is so unique the experience itself is just so incredible like you know a a a boy in the 60s seeing giant white ground sloths in a small town in western new york just incredible yeah absolutely Um, and i'm i'm just i'm just uh, i'm happy that you were a part of it i think the team we had you and jonathan dodd and the moth boys and then of course the main star of the show john goodwill his and his family um they were all so sweet. They all came with him when he came down. Like we rented out the community center to do the interview in Sherman. And we were greeted by the mayor and she was very kind. And that's amazing. uh, Yeah. And so we did this interview and it was just, he was so nice. And I think, his family was originally there to make sure that we were just legit people and out for yeah. his like out for his best interest, and I totally get that because I'm very protective of my family. Um, my 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 family and friends are 
are my world. So I, I, I'm very protective of them. So I understand that love. Um, Absolutely. And uh, yeah. And just great people, great people. And uh, John Goodwill was so, he was so fun to interview. It wasn't like he was joking around with us and like just good, good guy. He's a good human. That's awesome. That's so amazing. One thing I wanted to ask you and um, it, I can't remember if this was covered now, but mm-hmm. to, how did he hear about Keel? Like, how did he find out about Keel to send a letter to him? So he uh, read one of his books. I can't remember which one, um, but he contacted him thinking that you know because he's a a paranormal investigator that he could come and do research on 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 what but um but but he was tapped in tapped in so so he was tapped in enough to know who keel was like he yeah because that that was something that always interested me is like how prominent was keel's books like i know they were you know very popular and like big Mm -hmm. big sellers and everything but like how tapped in when I got into the paranormal keel was like the next level down. Like you had to like do a little bit of, of looking into things right. to find out who keel was like right. when uh, John Goodwill had his experience. Like, do you have to find like how prominent, like how easy oh, was yeah. it to find sure, out who I'm John sure he had keel to, was? It was, like a, it was like a deep cut thing. I don't know. Right? You must've just been totally into this and then found an investigator or just liked. got lucky and like a John Keel book was at the local uh, uh, grocery store for some reason or like it was the one paranormal book at, available. There's always weird right. shit like that where like right. they just pop up somewhere odd for some weird distribution reason. <laughs> yeah, Right. It could have shown up in a library that he was just totally. looking for, you know, and. yeah, But yeah, no. he just told us that he had read a book and found out he was a paranormal investigator and then wrote him. And That's so cool. Keel was like, Keel responded back and said, you know, I'm sorry, we can't get to all of all of like because people sent sent him stuff like crazy. Oh, yeah. He's like, we can't get to all of these, but he decided to throw it in his book uh, <laughs> either way, which is cool, but also like, all right, man, I see, yeah, yeah, you. You I see where you're at. <laughs> hey, man, content is it was king back then and it is yeah, more than right. ever now you know right <laughs> no but um, that's that's awesome I, I i'm so stoked on how the book came out and i'm so glad i got to be a part of it and it, yeah mm-hmm. it was it was one of those projects that as soon as mike asked me to uh, help out i knew that i wanted to, to do like there was no yeah. no way i wasn't gonna lend a hand here well we i remember talking i remember talking about um how we were going to format it. I was like, I don't know how to format a, a book and none of us know how to format a book. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're, we're glad that you, that cause you well, did such a great job. It was perfect. It was, it's funny because my, like it is not my specialty at all. Like, you know, I put out a monthly zine for a while and I still put out personal folklore and like the way I do it is so, uh, it's very much uh, not the proper way of doing it. So I had to like, I, I I knew very basics of how to do it. And I actually got to learn a little bit along the way. So it was good for everybody. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's always great. nice. Right. I haven't, uh, I haven't set up something proper like that in a while. And 
I learned how to do a few things that helped me do my own stuff. So cool. yeah, learning. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so th- I I've also noticed since uh, you're the few podcasts you've been on recently, the number has been going up. I heard from 500 up to 600. Are we above mm-hmm. 600 now? Yeah, <laughs> that's, yep. that's uh, so exciting. It's it's wild. Um, it's cool. It's cool to to see something that you're passionate about people enjoying. Yeah. Um, and That's- and I think what's cool is I like seeing these types of things get attention. And it also again, this whole thing has always been about getting his story out there. Because yeah. it is such a cool part of western new york history um and uh yeah i i i was very pleasantly surprised that it's getting this kind of attention Um, that's so cool i i love it no i and and it's been out for a little over we've had it up on amazon for probably a month and a half maybe a little over a month and a half but Sounds yeah right it's it's uh it's doing good and i'm i'm proud of it and i'm sure you're proud of it i'm I, we're all very proud of it you know it's that's, great no absolutely absolutely that's so cool no i'm stoked i mean did you ever think you'd you'd be putting out a book like this is this something that you ever thought you <laughs> never i used to write i used to write poetry and i wanted to write i wanted to i wanted to write a a book on like the theoretical evolution on bigfoot and i was gonna call it mystery apes but uh yeah it, it i i always had that idea like i i love i love like um i don't know uh like that type of hyper theoretical stuff kind of like uh like astrobiology like i love thinking about aliens that are 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 non-carbon based but like silicon based and what they would look like and how they would evolve and what what they would need on a planet to thrive like i've got i've got i've got this um so i've got this theory that the grafton monster Cause it was, it was like when it was spotted, it was just this big hulking mass thing that was mm-hmm. like gray and had, um, kind of like wet looking feet thing to it. Um, like <laughs> seal skin kind of, totally. uh, and, but what I think it is, is so silicon life, silicon life um could only happen so like silicon and carbon are very um they're very close when it comes to like four-way bonding like part of the building blocks of life they're very close it's just that uh um those bonds are really loose with silicon so it's hard to start start uh building life out of that but it's not impossible and the thing about replace carbon Right. Out so because so, there's four building blocks, right? It's carbon, right. nitrogen, uh, nitrogen, 
uh, oxygen, oxygen and something. there's one more man there's a really great they might be giants <laughs> song that has them all listed I really okay my kids really into science right now so we we yeah. listen to uh they might be giant science albums a lot and, yeah but yeah anyway you know, i always i always like to i always like to you know all living creatures should be at one with each other because we're all carbon-based life yeah. Silicon silicon based life would be very different. And I always like to like think about it like the when silicon is uh is exposed to oxygen, it solidify it like turns into rock. It like uh, calcifies or whatever. And so what I'm thinking is that the Grafton monster was silicon based and that it looked wet because it was like right next to like a river like a river um and i think it they saw it and it was wet because it was trying to slow the solidification process because it landed it landed in like an oxygen rich environment right so it started to it. like turn into stone, this big hulking thing, and it went in the water to try and slow it because there's less oxygen in the water. And uh, amazing. So, um, yeah, the, I have the, I, I just have like a little theory on that because it's it's just a weird looking. Uh, That's beautiful creature. And that that would lead us down where I said we were going to start this whole conversation, and then completely just didn't start at all. But you, 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 you <laughs> right you're, turned you're, on it. Yeah, your your love of sci-fi and such. Yeah, is, is this all all related in in that yeah. way? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm 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 a I'm a huge fan of sci-fi. I love sci-fi movies and sci-fi books, and um, those have always been like an intricate part of my childhood and just me growing up. Um, I love, you know, uh, you know, Frank Herbert and well, I like his first three Dune books and then like, uh, God maker, which is a a good one. Um, but yeah, um, it's been like star Wars has, is one of my near and dear, um it's just very near and dear to me just the whole universe you know it it, i learned a lot from star wars like as a kid i just um you know there there wasn't a lot of attention on me because again i've totally gotten middle child syndrome so (laughs) um so I learned a lot of lessons through star Wars. You know, I, you know, I learned about the complexities of, of, uh, of, you know, parental units and that relationship. And I learned, you know, I learned a lot about how, you know, how Luke's world was just in chaos. You know, his father was this, uh mass murderer sith lord and um and you know his his the his aunt and uncle died and like so his world was in chaos but he still ended up being good and like making making the right choice and mm-hmm. and so you know no matter 
what kind of cycle you're in, there's like, there's happiness and, uh, out there for, for, for anyone. And, and, um, you know, so, and there's, there's, there was just a whole lot I learned from stars. So it's weird. I get like offended when people say they don't like star Wars and I'm just like, how could you not? It's a, it's a, it's a whole saga based on hope. How could you hate that? That's beautiful. I, you know, yeah, there's a lot there. I definitely have watched a lot of Star Wars. I have fallen off. I have not kept up. I yeah, I kept up with anything yeah. since having kids, unfortunately. <laughs> but actually, the the last the right when uh we first had Teddy and it was lots of late nights and staying up and stuff like you know will happen with kids. There was like this whole stretch where he wouldn't sleep unless he was on somebody. So I was like uh-huh. staying up for like six hours at a time, letting him sleep on me and not wanting to fall asleep because I didn't want like him to fall or like, so I would mm-hmm. watch like star Wars movies in particular, or like Marvel movies, long movies that would just be like easy to watch. And yeah, yeah those, those first, the, those first three definitely have a very big hope uh, contingency to mm-hmm. them. And I, it's, it's, I, what you just said uh, kind of sums up a big theme of this podcast in general, because I talk a lot about how like we're all just made like we're just the stories we consume. Like we are all mm-hmm. just mythologies that we grew up on and that we consume to this day. And that like stories totally. are the most powerful technology out there. Like there's nothing more powerful than like a a uh well i guess a meme for lack of a better word but a meme like terrence mckenna used to use it like a societal meme that gets in and changes the mythology of a culture because that's how like real change happens and mm-hmm. i think uh, i've talked to a few people who've brought up you know when you're looking at today's world and people freaking out about things like ai and like these mm-hmm. you know different kinds of revolutions like that it really is just reflective of the mythologies we are brought up in. The fact that mm-hmm. like AI to us is Terminator, AI to us is Big Brother, AI to us is like all of these things because there's no positive science fiction examples or right. positive fictional examples of what AI could be. So mm-hmm. we cling, but then if you talk to people in other cultures, they don't really have that same relationship with it. And that's like to me is such a big example of like how we're just the mythologies we tell ourselves right oh yeah that's that's fantastic i love that yeah that's 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 spot on and and i honestly think that speaking of ai i think that's going to be the apex of evolution yeah i think i think that because we've already we've already created um we've already created ai in so there's these things that they call um, xenobots, right? And Harvard released this article, and it's these uh, microorganisms that are mm-hmm. biological robots that they were going to Whoa. use to put in the human body to destroy, like, cancer cells and stuff so they mm-hmm. could control which cells to... And they got it from... Uh, the name came from, like, an a frog an african frog it was, like it was a frog Zena's. thing okay good i I, I knew there thing. was a frog involved in the story but i couldn't remember yeah. where <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's um and then 
it was 2022. I think it was 2022, the beginning of 2022. Harvard released another article. The biological robots that we built started to self-replicate. they started to self-replicate this is the beginning of skynet it's 100 percent the beginning of skynet no like but it's just it's just that's that's these things you build life and in the great words of you know uh you know what dr dr malcolm Oh, from Jurassic uh, Park, life, life uh, finds, finds a way. Finds a way. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, and and these things, these you know, a, 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 things evolve. They become evolution is such a natural. It's everywhere. It affects everything. And if you build a biological robot, how is something biological, at least partially biological, not going to evolve? It has to. It's a. It totally. happens to everything. So it's it's kind of interesting to see where that goes and if these things these things will obviously outlive humans by just our track record um and you know they could uh machines uh could you know could colonize an entire universe and a much shorter time than any other living they would be um i do i do think the apex of evolution the top top it, chain is going to be ai and i'm it, i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm just saying that that's no, i think um, that's a part of the natural thing that's going to be happening it's interesting the culmination of it all the fact that ai is happening at the same time as these robotic uh innovations and as like dudes are winning Nobel prizes for scientifically proving that time's not local that like the Jew there. I, I'm not even going to get into the story cause I don't know their names or right. exactly what they won the Nobel prize for, but essentially the idea that like there is not a local linear time. That's all construct. Like that's Whoa. all been like mathematically completely proven, which I think is very related to what we were just talking about. Like, I love to think the idea that like, the people that are writing these science fiction futures, like right. whether it's Skynet, they're not they're not predi- they're not predicting the future. Like it's that they're they're tapping into something that's happened. Like they know yeah. because time is not linear, and there's all kinds of like artistic and creative examples of precognition and like science fiction writers and comic artists and all these people. They stumble, or The Simpsons even, like they Simpsons, stumble upon, I was just yeah, to totally, that. like, like <laughs> they, they're, they're, they're tapping into something that has to do with the fact that time is not linear and it's not like the past affects the future and the future affects the past and it all happens in the present. Like there's something right. to that idea, and I, so like. I, I I guess I go less in the like nano robots colonizing the universe and more like oh what does that say about like our experiencing of time and I do think so like McKenna always talked about the strange attractor at the end of time that like mm-hmm. time doesn't happen from history forward that time happens from the future back there's something pulling us and that's why we're seeing you know he talked about 2012 being the the big thing the big Armageddon and I think 
a lot of people talk shit on him because obviously the world didn't end. But that's not if you listen to what he was saying, that's not what he was saying. He was saying that that's going to be the start of this ramp up to the strange attractor at the end of time. And shit's going to get weirder and weirder, faster and faster from 2012 on. And I think that tracks pretty fucking good. If you look yeah. historically at yeah. this point, that shit has just gotten weirder and weirder, faster and faster. And these cycles, whether it's uh, cultural things or whether it's like, you know, scientific um, advancements or literature or any, like these cycles are happening faster and faster. And that combining with all of these other things we're talking about is leading to something like something. Yeah. Oh, a, yeah. A big, you know, a big change and good, bad or otherwise mm-hmm. is, is a coming, which like and- I think is all we're really good at doing is changing like humans are yeah. good at nothing else but like we we're we're change we're fleshy bags of change meat <laughs> yeah and i think i think it's gonna it's you know once humans are once humans are gone i i would love to be a fly on the wall to see what happens next because I do think I do think that you know a lot of folks are talking about you know we're you know killing the earth but um the earth has been through a lot worse it used to be a hellscape massive oh. massive massive storms hundreds of miles wide uh you know, volcanoes constantly erupting uh acid rain uh just incredible incredible storms that um but the thing is is like the earth she's incredible and she's resilient and she will bounce back and she will something new will come and you know uh if we assume uh convergent evolution is correct uh, we something similar will possibly possibly evolve again you know i know it was complicated to get to where we are but you know um and and maybe they'll do it better yeah no absolutely the thing i love to think about along those lines is something that uh again our mutual friend vuk talks about with the gaia Mm -hmm. hypothesis or terrence mckenna talks about this in the same way that like we are very silly to think that we know what this earth's plan is and Mm -hmm. it could be uh its end goal could be spreading gaia throughout this universe and using Mm -hmm. us to do it like its end goal could be getting us the fuck off this planet and one Mm -hmm. of the ways to get us off this planet is to make it uninhabitable and uh that would make it so that we have to leave and spread the earth to other places because we are of the earth we're taking the earth wherever we go gaia comes with us and like i you know that's a that's a i'm sure problematic in certain ways and a weird way to look at it in certain ways but I, i i think there's something to that to just remembering that like we're a part of a giant system and a vast network and what role we play as like a, a species, I don't think any of us will ever really know. And it's mm-hmm. for us to say that we're doing it right or wrong is kind of silly in the grand scheme of things as far as yeah. I'm concerned. But uh, absolutely, <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, still save the planet and recycle and like do all the shit that you should do 100%. Mm-hmm. Like be nice to, to nature and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, uh, I, I think, I think everything's bigger than we like to think it is or than we would like to admit it is because it gets scary we lose control we you know if if we're not 
there's there's a power in that individualism and in that like yeah. we can control our own destiny if you really let go to the fact that like it's all kind of written and out there you're kind of like mm-hmm. you you're you're, uh, you're relinquishing a little bit of that control and i think that's what really scares people sometimes yeah yeah oh yeah but yeah fo- folks 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 always need to be in control of things and uh and uh you know i think as you get older you realize that you know um sometimes you're just not yeah dude you know that's beautiful matt i think that was a beautiful place to wrap this up we're at almost an hour and 40 minutes now and that was (laughs) okay that's crazy man yeah no it it, it goes i've been trying it's so funny because i've i i have a few episodes that went like a little over two hours and like i don't mind but man I'm bad at editing and now I've learned that if I hit the two hour mark, I am just like, I, <laughs> it's not for me. Like I, yeah, so right. I'm trying, I'm going to go ahead and say, I want to be respectful of your time, but really it's just because I don't do it. <laughs> I hate editing. <laughs> right. No, but this was like such a fucking fun conversation that I've really been looking forward to having. And cool, I love how it went everywhere and I could do this for, another hour for sure and i mean again we didn't even get to touch on half this i would love to geek out with you about science fiction future fun mm-hmm. theories and stuff sometimes so let's yeah. do this again for sure and absolutely yeah. dude all right absolutely. have me on anytime this was a blast thank you no definitely i'm also i've said this to the last couple of guests but i want to start doing more round tables i did my first round table uh about comics a little bit ago and i want to start doing more of them and especially kind of intermingling some friends that don't know each other and like having yeah weirdos networking hooking people up yeah weirdo networking exactly yeah so (laughs) yeah i'll i'll be reaching out to you for some of those in the future for sure cool um man but for now tell people where to find the book the podcast anything else that you are into uh promoting right now um well uh you can find our book on amazon um, and, uh, select stores and, and bookstores like, uh, um, the lantern in, uh, uh, Bre- Brett Manning, uh, Ooh, yeah. her, her, her store, um, Asheville general store. You can, you can purchase it on Amazon. I just, yeah, we've got it at a bunch of different places now. Um, you can find Moss boys on Instagram and Facebook and anywhere where you listen to podcasts or music besides uh, YouTube, we don't do YouTube. But um, yeah, check us out. We've got we've got an event coming up uh, August nineteenth in Heiko, West Virginia, Cryptid Bash Three. Yeah. It's going to be uh, it's it's at Free Folk Brewery, their their new location. Um, there's going to be music all day, food. Uh, awesome vendors and uh, yeah, a plethora of other good stuff. But uh, yeah, check us out. Let us know what you think. Yeah, definitely will. I just noticed that I had to start paying for Zencaster recently. Do you guys use what do you use to record stuff? No, with? we use uh, we use Riverside. Oh, I've heard that one's good. I just good. noticed that. I literally this bar just popped down that was like, does it? I don't know. I can't. But it's like uh, drums. Or I'm just gonna click this one. What's this one? Oh yeah! <laughs> Look at this. This is amazing. Okay, so this is my. This says drums. Oh, of course, a rim shot. Okay. That. 
All right, I'm definitely leaving this in. I, why did this just pop up now? We've been talking <laughs> for almost know. two hours, and it's like, hey, you need a little ballpark music here. <laughs> yeah, That's, this is uh, this is great. So, awesome. uh, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for doing this, Matt. And yeah, uh, yeah I will. I will definitely be talking to you soon. Enjoy the rest of your evening. All right, later, man. Bye. Bye.